Welcome to Mustar FM 89.6, where the airwaves are alive in the exhilarating pursuit of language mastery. Prepare to liberate your linguistic abilities and embark on a captivating journey of discovery. This is Free Topic Show, and we are going to talk about how do you learn languages. So, whether you dream of traversing foreign lands, expanding your career opportunities, or simply connecting with diverse cultures, we've got you covered. Join us as we break free from conventional learning methods and dive headfirst into innovative strategies, proven techniques, turn up the language learning vibes, and embrace the limitless possibilities that await you. Get ready to unleash your linguistic potential exclusively on Mostar FM 89.6. So let the journey begin with our guest today. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Alexia, and uh, I'm teaching French in a primary school in Nirechaza in Hungary. All right. Welcome, Alexia, and thank you for accepting the invitation. So I just want to ask you, since you are a teacher, how, I know it's kind of irrelevant to the topic, but teaching itself, I mean, how is it? Mm -hmm. Is it difficult, challenging or interesting? Yeah, it's uh, very challenging, I think, because, of course, I've taught French only two years, and one year in Vietnam and one year in Hungary. Hungary, I didn't know about the language uh, in these places, <laughs> so it was completely new for me. And um, I just, first I spent one year in Vietnam, I was French assistant. Huh? It means that uh, I was teaching only one hour per week to each class. Yeah. And it was all about speaking, oral uh, understanding, yeah. something like uh -huh. that. So um, it was a first um, approach to teaching. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, here I am in Nirejaza and I'm more into the job because I have yeah. to teach everything and I have also to prepare my student to some diplomas. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's more challenging for me this year because it's more serious, yeah. if I can say. But yeah. I've or I have a master degree in teaching and education, mm -hmm. so um, it's more practicing than uh, having the theory that I already have in the past years. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Thanks for sharing that. And just to shift the attention on uh, teaching, I mean, as a job, I really appreciate this this function because you're changing your students' lives. I mean, what I mean, you're raising them up. So you're like contributing to a bringing a new generation. Mm, I Good think citizens. I have. Mm, yeah, yeah, exactly. I think yeah. I have the idea. I think it is that's true that is raising the future citizens the tomorrow life citizens yeah. and um, I think that the language is very important for, because the communication is very important and yeah. the language is it's not the part of communication yeah. but it is a major yeah. I guess and uh, yeah we are not teaching only a language but communication skills I would say that since the title of our show today is How to Learn Languages, when I conducted my research to bring the audience, our listeners, uh, some beneficial tips on how to learn new languages, I found a lot of theories 
that talk about this. But to be honest, my attention drove to a specific theory that I really think it's the most relevant and most concrete when it comes to teaching the language and at the same time learning a language. And here, just to give a, a, a clear picture about the theory I'm going to talk about, it is it is founded by Stephen Krashen. He's an American linguist. So here, in, in my opinion, and what I've read about his writings, we all acquire language the same way. But before explaining how, because that seems a little bit controversial, I know that some modern theories that say there are some variations, people learn in a different way. But... Th This guy right here is, is saying there is only one way to, to learn a language. So the reason uh, this is an outrageous thing to say, as I said, is that these days in education we are living in an age of individual variation. So we have a clash between theories about language acquisition. There is individual variation and there is quite a bit of it. Uh, nevertheless, there are some things we all do the same. Let's say digestion. We all digest food the same way. No significant uh, individual variation in this. So first you put food in your mouth, then you chew it up and then it goes down your throat, then into your stomach. That's how it's done everywhere. He's taking this example and applying it on the process of learning a language. He says it's the same everywhere. In North America, for example, South America, Europe, Asia, Africa. So anyway, we all acquire language the same. And rather than just talk about it, uh, I would like to take just a couple of minutes and give you some sample of language lessons to the listeners so they can understand what I'm going to. I will use a language that I'm sure you have heard before and some of you might already uh, speak in it. And you can tell me which of those two very brief lessons you like better. So here is lesson number one. The example I'm going to give is in German. The text says Wir werden jetzt anfangen, Deutsch zu lernen und ich möchte im Voraus sagen, dass nach meiner Meinung Deutsch ist eine sehr schöne Sprache und ich hoffe, dass sie alle sehr viel Erfolg mit Deutsch haben werden. So, here, what do you think? Good lesson so far? Do you think that if I kept talking to you like that, you would pick up German? Not very likely. How about if I repeated it? Would that help? Probably not. How about if I said it louder? Probably not. How about if I said it? How about if I said it and you repeated it back? Again, I don't think that would help. The truth is that none of these things help. Here is a lesson number two. And for this, the audience has to listen carefully. Das ist meine Hand. And saying das ist meine Hand and I'm indicating to my hand. Verstehen Sie das? Hand? Everyone says, yeah, uh, I can hear you, even though it's a radio audience. Good. Kopf. I'm saying Kopf and I'm indicating to my head. Das ist mein Kopf. Verstehen Sie Kopf? Yeah, good. Kopf. And here I will draw a picture of ein Kopf, of a head. And then I will illustrate it on drawings and realia and pictures. So if you understood lesson number two, not every word, but more or less, I did everything necessary to teach you German. And now I'm going to share with you, our listeners, the most important thing I have learned about language, probably the best kept secret in the profession. We acquire language in one way and only one way. When we understand messages, we call this comprehensible input. 
We acquire language when we understand what people tell us, not how they say it, but what they say, or when we understand what we read. So comprehensible input here, in my opinion, has been the last resort of the language teaching profession. And as a former teacher, I used to teach English back home for, let's say, a year and six months. We've tried everything else. We've tried grammar teaching, drills, exercises, computers, etc. But the only thing that seems to count is getting messages you understand or your students understand, which is namely called comprehensible input. Now, one of the reasons lesson number two is better than lesson number one is... We had drawings and we had illustrations to make things easier for the students to understand. So anything that helps make our input comprehensible, such as pictures, uh, knowledge of the world, realia, etc., helps language acquisition. So if comprehensible input is true, what we call the input hypothesis is true. Other things follow from it. And a very important corollary to the input hypothesis is this. And this might come as a bit of a surprise to some of our listeners. Certainly came as a surprise to me. Talking is not practicing. So it's not the same thing. What does this mean? It means if you want to improve your Spanish, for example, it will not help you to speak Spanish out loud in the car as you drive to work in the morning. It will not help you to go to the bathroom, close the door and speak Spanish to the mirror. I used to think those things help, but now I think they don't. And on the other hand, if we were in a German class, for example, we could hang together for a couple of weeks, say an hour a day of German with a German friend, and I could keep the input light and lively As in the second example, you would start to acquire German. It would come on its own. And eventually you would start to talk. Your speaking ability would emerge gradually. So once we are in this environment where knowledge is facilitated to us, then the learning process or the acquisition process is much easier. So here for the language acquisition to succeed, anxiety has to be directed somewhere else because anxiety as well uh, causes the interruption of learning a language. It should be anxiety-free environment in order for us to understand and learn the language. Uh, Frank Smith puts it this way, for the child to develop literacy, the child has to assume that she's going to be successful. The same we integrate this into the theory is like this. If the student is not motivated, if self-esteem is low, if anxiety is high, if the student is uh, on a defensive attitude, if the student thinks the language class is a place where his weaknesses will be revealed, learning process will not take place in this case. And the acquisition learning hypothesis claims that we have two independent ways of developing language ability. One is language acquisition as a subconscious process and The second one is a, a deliberate effort, the way we learn in school. I think Naum Chomsky talked about this too, uh, the difference between learning and acquiring a language. He said that learning is the process of assimilating the language, but with some efforts. 
like in school, in classes in general. Whereas acquisition is a process that comes effortlessly. You're just exposed to that language and we understand it automatically. Just as how it's happening to us right now with the Hungarian language. We're not taking classes, but still, I can understand some words. Still in the beginning, but uh, I'm doing good. Your best. You're doing your uh, yeah, best. Yeah, I'm doing my best, yeah. <laughs> I think we acquire language in one way, again, just to summarize this. And when we get comprehensible input and in a low anxiety environment. So I think this is pretty much it for the theory in general of uh, of Stephen uh, Krashen. Mm, quite agree with uh, this uh, part of the theory because yeah. my um, teachers always told me ah. that when we are with kids, mm -hmm. because I'm teaching kids, yeah. so when we are with with the kids we have to be very careful of each word we are saying yeah. because just one mm, no it's not that it can just break the confidence the self-confidence that the kid can have so we have to be very careful when it's not the right answer we have all we always have to cheer up and and also just let other chances yeah yes other opportunity to the kid to have the right answer because even in our own language we are always doing mistakes also so if we have um, the opportunity in our mother tongue to say another word in another way so why can't we let the kids who are learning also this language to yeah. make mistakes yeah <laughs> exactly yeah and you've pointed to a really important thing which is as teachers we should never downgrade students if they got the wrong answer but still you can have like a positive feedback on their answer even though it is wrong you can say thank them for for their attempt mm -hmm. to answer for their efforts but still you can correct the question but in a diplomatic way somehow yeah. so that they cannot feel that they made a mistake yeah that's true that me for example i usually when i hear my um, student say um, a sentence i understand what they mean but maybe the grammatics or something is wrong i mean i don't care because i <laughs> understood what you said and so i just maybe reformulate yeah i just say it in the right way to them to hear what is the right way to say yeah. the sentence for yeah. example just without saying no it's not that but just Yeah, that's true, it is, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> Tell the native um, way to, to say the, the sentence. Exactly, yeah. And I guess right now you are teaching French. Yes. And I just want to know how many languages you do speak, let's say on average, uh, like you can communicate with. Ah, I can only communicate, well, only in three languages, French, English and Spanish. I also know a little bit of Vietnamese and Hungarian oh. because I've lived there and as you said, like uh, we acquire yeah. the, the language being in the bath, yeah. <laughs> uh, in the language bath. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And when it comes to these uh, secondary languages, Did it take you the same process to learn the, the language or, I mean, is it the same with each language or it differs? I think it can differ because, um, of course, one word in linguistics, one word is not one word. It's one thing sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. 
like I've learned that there is um, there is many ways in uh, Greenland I think to to say the word snow but in French we mm. only have one way to say snow it's snow it's neige yeah <laughs> okay but in Greenland they use many words because it depends on the um, texture of the snow uh-huh. so you have to realize that it's not one word in French is one word in English yeah because also for the homonyms or synonyms yeah. or something like that so um, I think it's more into talking every day or as you say like more in a conversation not yeah. just talking to myself <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah into conversation that you can also acquire more uh, vocabulary I don't know if I answered to your question yeah <laughs> y- you have just one more thing to give our audience like an outline a plan if they are interested in acquiring a new language what could be the procedures they can go through to learn a language let's say in a communicative level mm-hmm. in your experience i mean since you are speaking two foreign languages english and spanish so what would you recommend them to do <laughs> to be honest, I don't know, maybe travel. <laughs> yeah, well. Travel or really communicate with native people. It is the most important thing, I think, to really acquire a language. Um, or people who are learning this language also, of course. And me, I usually, when I was uh, learning Hungarian, for example... I just put some stickers with the name of the objects around me uh, in Hungarian that I can remember that uh, pencil is... Uh, I don't even remember, yeah. but all of that. Like when you come in my kitchen, for example, you can find some stickers about what is what and everything. It helps me yeah. <laughs> also yeah. to see the words every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can say it's it's very interesting and an effective way to have some vocabulary about certain languages. So you're still learning Hungarian? Yeah, I'm. St- well, I just finished uh, last week because I have an exam. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I I had this uh, this exam. Now I stop, and in September when I will come back to to Hungary, I will start again. New lessons to get the A2 level. Yay! Good luck to that. Thank you. And is it the same difficult compared to English and and Spanish? Well, of course, with the age, (laughs) the language is more difficult to learn. But also, as I knew one Latin language, well, with French, we can say two Latin languages. And English probably is kind of Germanic language also. Like, Um, I think it's a Germanic language. (laughs) I'm not sure about that. (laughs) But uh, so it's easier also to learn languages that are related to, like I guess if I try, if I start to learn Italian or Portuguese, it's going to be easy because I already know Spanish. But Hungarian is not even an Indo-European language. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's completely out of that. So it's very difficult to, um, to understand and to get the way of pronunciation or something like that. So I have to say that it's difficult. Also, the grammar is 
kind of difficult. Yeah. While in Vietnamese, the grammar is so easy. You just uh, have to learn every word, but <laughs> yeah. it's okay. I feel when it comes to learning a new language that is entirely different from the languages you already speak, it's it's a little bit challenging when it comes to that compared to someone who, who speaks English, but at the same time, he's learning to speak Arabic. It's a little bit difficult for him. Yeah, I think uh, in the brain, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it might be a, a mess. <laughs> yeah, true. And compared to someone else who speaks like uh, French but wants to learn English, it's way easier than the first example. And one thing that you mentioned when you were speaking about once we are getting old, it gets more difficult to learn new languages. And I find this relevant to Naum Chomsky. I'm going to get back to him again because he really talked about this to my experience as well because I started learning English at a very early age and it was a little bit easier than now because currently I'm, I'm, I'm learning German and it's way difficult than when I was young and he said that our brains uh, function in a cognitive way so when still kids we have this device in our brain called LAD language acquisition device that acquires language at a certain age when we are young but once we're getting older this device I don't know if no longer exists but it dies when we get older yes this part of uh, our brain is kind of modeling clay so when you are young when the modeling clay is new it's very easy to make something to, to give shape yeah. of this modeling clay but years and years after it's harder to, to move and to give other shapes so I think it's kind of we can compare yeah, yeah. <laughs> the two ones also um, I've heard that before three years old in our brain we can uh, in our brain and in even in our ears we can hear a lot of different sounds while when we are growing up we can discriminate only some sounds of our mother tongue for example yeah. that's why we have this uh, accent with the time that's why when you learn English with the three years old yeah. you will have a perfect accent probably but when you are learning English with uh, maybe 25 years old, it's yeah. going to be difficult and hard for you to acquire these sounds. So I guess it's quite related also with yeah. this uh, LAD. <laughs> yeah, true. I think this can be traced as well in the sounds of, of a language. If English, for example, has a set of sounds and once the child sticks only to those sounds, it would be a little bit difficult for him or her to speak another language that has different different sounds like Arabic they exactly. have yeah they have like Ain <laughs> Ain doesn't exist in English or yeah that's true I, I was thinking language. about that yeah. also well I've studied uh, phonetics and we had a big tab with all the sounds a human can produce yeah. and there are these uh, guttural sounds from Arabic language yeah. that our teacher was saying like you can try to repeat but we were all just ah. <laughs> no, <laughs> we can't produce these sounds. Yeah. We are not able to do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think it can ask non-Arabic speakers. I think it's difficult for us to <laughs> to create these kind of sounds. Exactly, yeah. I would like to say that in North Africa, exactly where I live, it's very a uh, special place because the language we speak, besides Arabic, we, we speak uh, Berber and, and Arabic. So uh, our native tongue allows us 
to pronounce lots of sounds that exist, let's say, in every European language and Middle Eastern, except Southern East Asia. Uh, like, for example, we find sounds that exist in German. I don't know, maybe because the region has witnessed a, a lot of a lot of civilizations in that place, uh, European, uh, Greek civilization, uh, Middle Eastern civilization in that place. So I think that what made our mother tongue very uh, diverse when it comes to sounds. But now uh, I would like to give some tips for the learners, some practical tips that you can follow in order for you to speak another language. I think first thing you can do before deciding any language beforehand is to set your goals clearly, which is determine why you want to learn the language and at what level of proficiency you want to achieve. Because having specific goals will help you stay motivated and focused until you reach that goal. And second, then you can choose a language and decide which one you want to learn based on your interests, uh, career goals, if you have any, or personal preferences. So consider practical aspects like the popularity of the language, for example, available resources, and the likelihood of using it in your life. Third, you have to find resources. I think you can resort to Google for any resource and in any chosen language. There are lots of websites and it's beneficial to use combination of resources for a well-rounded learning experience. Fourth, you can start with the basics. Begin by, for example, learning fundamental elements such as the alphabet, uh, basic vocabulary, common phrases that we use in our daily life. So you can familiarize yourself with pronunciation and basic grammar rules because I would advise you not to go to grammar first because I think grammar comes after. In the beginning, when I started learning German, I went to start with the grammar. I was saying something enigmatic that cannot be solved. It's, it's really difficult to, to start with grammar. So always start with the live common phrases, how to speak. And one more thing is learn how to read. And the best recommendation I would give for reading is to read illustrated children comic books. It's really beneficial and attract readers to read and, and learn. Then build vocabulary and expand it by learning new words and phrases. Start with commonly used words, as I said, and gradually increase your repertoire by flashcards, uh, vocabulary apps, and language learning websites. Then you can develop listening skills, because listening is an essential part of language learning. Listen to native speakers through podcasts, videos, or language learning platforms. Start with similar content and gradually move to more complex material as your understanding improves. Focus on understanding the context, pronunciation, and intonation. Then, once you have this input, practice speaking, because speaking as well is crucial for developing uh, fluency and uh, confidence. You need to find opportunities to speak with native speakers, 
maybe, or language exchange partners, join language meetup groups, practice in language exchange programs, and so on. And of course, in addition to that, you have to improve reading and writing skills by reading books. As I said, the best recommendation I would give is illustrated comic books and articles, articles that interest you or in the field of your expertise. You can start with simple texts and gradually move to more challenging material. Write regularly in the language, whether it's keeping a journal, writing essays, or participating in online language communities. The last two steps is first, you need to immerse yourself in the language. You need to be exposed to the targeted language and the culture as much as possible. Surround yourself with authentic materials like movies, music, podcasts. That what I used to be honest when I started acquiring English. I didn't have any formal education about that because we started learning English at secondary school. It's at that time when we started learning language, but I started speaking English even before that. And thanks to movies and all the entertainment resources in English. Then you need to stay motivated and consistent because language learning can be challenging, but maintaining motivation and consistency is essential. You need to set realistic expectations, celebrate your progress, once you reach a certain level, you need to reward yourself. I think that's how you can stay focused and motivated. And of course, uh, find ways to make language learning enjoyable and rewarding, such as engaging with topics that interest you or connecting with a language learning community, of course. Yeah, this is pretty much it. The list that I made is based on a lot of research that I conducted, and I hope it will benefit you as it benefited me. Do you have any more tips that you would like to add? I think the more relevant uh, is about the song because, for example, that's the first thing I told to the kids I'm teaching. Like, it's all about the song, the song with uh, some gestures. And as you said, with images, so important just to have some skills in communication. The most important is not really the grammar, I think. The grammar is more about because you are sensitive to the beauty of the language itself i think and this is it i hope you've enjoyed listening to our podcast and of course uh, once again i would like to thank uh, alexia for accepting the invitation thank any you to invite me <laughs> any last words for the audience no thank you thank you very much and just uh, be brave to learn more and more language because the communication is the key for the peace in the <laughs> absolutely couldn't agree more thank you so much everyone for listening to us uh, and again we are speaking to you from Mustar FM 89.6. We will return to you with more interesting topics, so stay tuned. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.